glory. The wisdom star. Amen? The wise men followed the star of Bethlehem. What's the star of Bethlehem? Jesus Christ, the bright morning star. So wisdom is a star, shining ever brighter to the full dawn of day, the sun, S-U-N of righteousness. It's the solar system of the third heaven. Our sun is not of electromagnetic energy like the second heaven stars that fell from heaven. No, our sun is the sun of glory, the light of the glory of God. It's a completely different light. It's not natural light. It's supernatural light. It's glory light. That's the morning star rising in your heart. 2 Peter 1.19 By the prophetic word, making your spirit gel and made firmer still. Amen? Wisdom is a star. God is a star. His glory is a corona. <laughs> Malachi 4.2 He'll rise as a star with healing in his wings and beams. That's what it says in the Amplified Classic. Wisdom is a star rising. Righteousness is a star rising. Healing is a star system rising. Are not the angels like the stars of the heavens, the Apostle Paul says in Romans? Each, each shining in different degrees of splendor? Your spirit is a star. How much word you have in your spirit is how bright you're capable of shining. Anyone who does not have the word tattooed on their spirit practices lawlessness. For it is written, He will write His laws upon their hearts. And what are our hearts? It's not talking about the blood of our heart. It's not talking about the flesh. Jesus said the flesh counts for nothing. It's talking about your spirit. You're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. It's not talking about the physical heart. Anytime it mentions heart from Genesis to Revelation, it's not talking about the physical heart. It's talking about your spirit. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. John 4.24, it is written. We need our spirits shining. So let your light shine before all men that they may see your glory works and glorify your Father in heaven. They need to see the river of life working. They need Stephen, Acts chapter 7, the man with the glowing face. It's the time for the glowing face men and women to, to appear. It is that time. Why? Because we've been intimate with Him the entire time inwardly, and now God will present us outwardly. God revealed that Stephen was correct in front of the earthly Sanhedrin. They killed him because of it. But God let his glory that was inside be revealed on the outside. Jesus had his outward glory taken from him when he came in the likeness of sinful men. That's what the Bible says. And then he had all of that glory internally, but no one could see it. His, his brothers didn't believe in him. Almost the Pharisees clearly didn't believe in him. They, they shouted, crucify him. Israel pretty much completely rejected him. Hallelujah. Why? Because his glory was hidden from their eyes, from the natural eyes. You could only see the Messiah if you had a heart for him. If you were actually in love with God. 
if your heart was circumcised, if your spirit was developed with the Word, if you had the Word in your spirit, you could see the Messiah. It was the same in the Old Covenant as it is the New Covenant. Anyone who loved the Lord could see the Lord. There were continuous angelic encounters from Genesis to Malachi. Continuous. And it was all based on those who worship God in spirit. Cain and Abel, prime example, example of the ages. Abel worshipped and brought sacrifice in his spirit. Cain brought sacrifice in his flesh. And there was a mark of Cain placed on his forehead. Where's that mark? Revelation is called the mark of the beast or the mark of a carnal mind of Romans chapter 8 that's at war against the mind of Christ, the spiritually minded people who serve God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Has there been a Christian civil war? I think there's been two trees in the garden since the beginning of time. And everyone that Satan has anointed has pretended to be of the covenant race. Look at Balaam, son of Beor. Look at Janes and Jambres. I mean, look at everyone who opposed the anointed leaders of God in the Old Testament. Look at all those who opposed the anointed men and women of God in the New Testament. Satan always had a counterfeit right there to pull the people away from the anointed ones, from the true apostles and the true prophets. Just like there is right now the sons of Jezebel trying to pull all the infants in Christ away from the true anointed sons of God. It's true. They'll counterfeit every single thing the sons of God are doing. And people are so immature that they can't even tell the difference. They'll follow someone who's only outwardly Christian and not inwardly Christian. That's why the Bible says you got to test the spirits. Most people just test the soul. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say test the soul. It doesn't say test the flesh. You'll never see God. You would have rejected Messiah because he was stripped of his outward glory. You had to test his spirit. It was okay to test Jesus' spirit. All of his disciples did. And then they said, whoa, you are the Messiah. After he, they tested his spirit, you, are the, you saw me under the fig tree? You really are the Messiah. God. You'll see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus wasn't offended when they tested his spirit because they were sincerely in love with God. No one will be offended if you test the glory of God that's inside, enriched in intimacy in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost inside real Christians' hearts because that's the right thing to do. You need to do that because most people get offended and are so fake externally. Most. There's so much religion out there, you guys. It's crazy. Crazy. There's so much false mysticism. There's so much false sonship. How do you know the difference? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, separates soul, which is flesh, from the Spirit. You have to separate your soul from your spirit. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is a sword. So how do you want to separate your flesh from your spirit? How do you want to develop your spirit to be so strong that you're not even aware of your physical body? I didn't even know I had a brain. Amen? And then that, that's not being stupid. That's being intelligent. It's intelligent to be in the spirit. It's stupid to be in the flesh. When you're in the flesh, you're only operating at max of 13% brain activity. That's flesh. Your, your flesh is your brain. Anytime the New Testament talks about flesh and spirit, it's not talking about your kneecap. 
Satan's not tempting you to sin by pulling at your, your, your calf muscle. He's tempting you to sin through the carnal mind, through the brain. So, if your flesh is crucified with Christ, you can't be tempted into sin ever again. If the fire of God is pouring out of your heart through your brain like a mighty river, there's nothing for the foul bird of the air to land on. They can't land on your head. They can't tempt you. You're going to become a holy fire and a furnace that will set the captives free. And people out there struggling with addiction, even people that practice the sorcery of the magic arts of religion, that don't have tongues of fire resting on their souls, but have the white and black tongues of Janes and Jambres. You know, Paul's talking to Timothy in the book of Timothy. These people are sorcerers of religion. Beware of these people that infiltrate you and bring you knowledge of good and evil, original sin, which is religion of the brain. It's Janes and Jambres, the sorcery of Egypt. Egypt is the place in the spirit of religion. Where was Christ crucified according to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ? In Sodom and Egypt, allegorically speaking. Why Sodom and Egypt? Because it's the fullness of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the fullness of the knowledge of white magic and black magic. Janes and Jambres, which is the checkerboard of Freemasonry. White and black magic. And that only works with Satan and his angels and religious sorcery in the brain. The reason why there is so much persecution against the wine of the gospel, of the wine of the new covenant, is because it kills the beast. Proverbs 9.2, wisdom has killed her beasts. So it kills the carnal mind. It crucifies the flesh with Christ so that Janes and Jambres and the sorceries of Babylon the Great and the sorceries of the religion have zero influence in you at all. You put on the helmet of salvation. You put on the glory of God. You clothe yourself in the living word. Amen? More than ever before in history, Ephesians 6 needs to be applied to your lives. Put on the full armor of God. There has never been more sorcery than right now in the world. What is sor- religion? Religion of the brain, deception of the brain, to the point where Jezebel is revealing her sons as the counterfeit sons of God. And there's no chance an infant in Christ can tell the difference between the two. So it's all about who's in the leadership of your tribe, <laughs> how well you're taught and discipled in the glory of God. And it's ne- it has never been more urgent to be mature in the things of the Spirit, in the wisdom of the ages, in the armor of God, in the Word of God, and not a dead letter that kills, not just information in the brain, but a living, active, energized rhema word, a spirit word, a morning star hovering fireball of Acts chapter 9. What happens in Acts chapter 9? Saul of Tarsus, the religious devil, going around killing Christians. He's a sorcerer of religion. He just killed Stephen with the glowing face and he encounters the living word. You have the dead letter on the road to Damascus killing Christians and you have the living word as a fireball hovering over the earth confronting each other. That fireball is our source of power and wisdom and life. We need to be fireballs of the word of God of the spirit word. The morning star is a fireball. It's all the Bible mixed with all the Holy Spirit. That's who Jesus is as the Messiah. 
That's who saves you from your sins. That's who saves you from religion. That's who heals every sickness and disease. That's what breaks off every enslaving yoke of wickedness to addictions of substance abuse. It heals the nations. The living word is King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 19. And he's riding a white horse, fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's why the seven spirits of God, which is God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, are before His throne because He's completely carried as a man like you and I by the Spirit of grace. He is the champion of grace. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Law works in the brain. That's what Janes and Jambres is. That's what sorcery is. The curse of the law is completely canceled in the grace of the Lord Jesus, in His blood sacrifice. The altar of Jerusalem destroyed the power of sin. Then why is sin still working in my members, Paul asks, Romans chapter 7, that I do the things I don't want to do because we haven't brought all of our soul to the altar of Jerusalem to be crucified with Christ. We still live in areas of our life that we don't have faith for. And in those areas, we're losing to the devil. So we get beat up in the school of hard knocks until we learn to just bring every area of our soul to the altar of Jerusalem to be crucified with Christ so that the Word and the Spirit and the blood completely heal us in every area of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Guess what? That's what a son of God is. That's the mark of the high calling where you are above the seven mountains. Revelation speaks of the seven mountains that the prostitute of Babylon sits upon, which is an external form of false Christianity. Those who serve in the flesh of the brain instead of the grace of the spirit. And most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, are a mixture of both. That we're still legalistic in areas of our lives, we're still kind of religious, and our freedom and abundant life needs a lot of expansion. Our spirit needs to be grown with freedom and abundant life. Jesus Christ said that his entire mission on earth was so your joy could be complete and your joy could be overflowing. Whose joy is complete and overflowing? He whose spirit is completely built up with the word of grace that is able to build you up from the realm of the dead that is able to resurrect you in power out from among the dead even while in the body so that Janes and Jambres which is the pole of rebellion and the pole of religion the knowledge of good and evil reasonable religion being good in your brain is the curse of the fall which is the craziest thing ever why Christians manifest all the time because what's wrong with being good well Satan tempted Eve with the knowledge of good and she left the glory cloud and became limited to the abilities of the flesh. Come on. <laughs> good coming from the flesh is Satan himself. Religion of the brain is who Satan is as a fallen cherubim. And he covers everyone who practices religion in the brain. He's a covering cherubim to this moment. He covers those who eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God only covers those who eat from the tree of life. There's two kingdoms at war here. And a lot of people are going down the path of destruction. And this ain't doom and gloom. It's just what, it's already what you're experiencing on earth. 
And we bring revelation out of grace, peace, and love in the river of life so that you can come to the river and be healed from the madness of your soul disconnected from the Holy Spirit. When your soul connects to the Holy Spirit, you're drinking from the river. That's what having a drink of the new covenant is. You know, it's not just being goofy and looking childish. It's actually getting saved from all the external stars that fell from heaven, reconnecting your brain to the one bright morning star because your brain runs on light. And if you're not running on the morning star, the star of Bethlehem, you're going to be running on the dragon's tail that swept one third of the stars. You're going to be running on Kabbalah. You're going to be running on beware Jesus Christ said that the light in you is not actually darkness. How can light be in your brain that's actually darkness? It's the light of the fallen angels. Satan is an angel of light that deceives. He deceives you through your brain to be good. That is the curse of the fall. That's religion. And that's what causes most of us to not continue growing supernaturally in the spirit of grace, especially in the word of grace. And there's mixture in all of us. I'm not there either. But I want to be. That's why I'm preaching perfection. I'm preaching where I want to go. I want to go into the fullness of the Spirit Word to have the ability of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9. That I also can confront Saul of Tarsus, many religious people, that are good intentioned. He was sincerely, with all of his heart, trying to serve God. That's why God had mercy on him. He was killing, he was a, he was a murderer and a blasphemer, he said of his own confession. But instead of killing him, he had mercy because he was sincere in his religion. There are millions of people of every religion that are sincere in serving the fallen angels, but they mean to be doing well. Those are the people that are going to be harvested, just like Solitarsus. There is so much hope for religious people. If there were not hope for religious people, we'd all be doomed because we're all coming out of total pride of the red dragon, pride of life. All that is in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. That's what the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the, and the pride of life are. The beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. So since we're all coming out of the primal evil of Satan, the accuser, the red dragon, which is pride being good in our own brain, we should have mercy on everyone all the time and never be haughty towards people we speak to or minister to. Because the more humble you are, realizing it's only Jesus in you that's any good anyway, and no one is good in the brain, no one's good in the flesh, and we just stay crucified with Christ so that Christ's goodness, Christ's compassion, Christ's mercy, and Christ's grace is the only ministry that comes out of our mouth all the time with no mixture of do's and don'ts of the brain. No mixture. Grace fulfills the law. Amen. And everyone who obeys the Spirit fulfills all the law, the Apostle Paul says. The issue is we have not known the Spirit in our spirit. We've known the false prophet externally. Most of us have a mixture of serving external Jezebel false prophet demons and also hearing from God accurately at times too. That's why Jesus said there's going to be 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Accuracy. That's how accurate your soul is from hearing from the Lord. There's almost never been a Christian in 2,000 years that's been 100% accurate. They had just have a manifest. They're called the sons of God. They're the daughters of Zion. They're ones that are completely fathered by the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their own spirit life. 
which is your rich treasury of glory. Peoples whose spirit are so filled with the word of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus that their souls are not fathered by anything that's in the world. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So that there's no influence in your brain whatsoever in the natural realm, just the glory realm of Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. In the Amplified Classic, it says the hope of realizing the glory. Why? Because the glory is already in there. It's just your brain is partially connected to externalism. Colossians chapter 2, the externalism of religion is the main temptation that keeps Christians immature after they're born again. Most Christians, not the minority, but the majority, waste their whole lives in religion serving an external Jesus that's no Jesus at all after they're born again. Because they never realize the glory of Christ within their own spiritual stomach. Your rich treasure of glory. Amen? Another word for spirit is wind. If you knock the wind out of someone, guess what? Oh yeah, the life is in the breath, the breath of life, the Ruach HaKadosh. Your spirit is in your wind. It's not in your flesh, it's in the wind, in the breath. That's you. And you have a soul, but you need your mind renewed to value your spirit more highly than your flesh. Amen? And the word is what builds up your spirit. And not just any word, only the prophetic word. 2 Peter 1.19 says, only the prophetic word makes your spirit firmer still. We have the prophetic word made firmer still. It's a gelling of your eternal spirit man and your brain realizes, oh, I really am a spirit being that has a soul and I'm not this outer man. I'm not my flesh. I'm my spirit. And the prophetic word awakens the mind. Romans 12, 2. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. And the word awakens your mind to the reality that you are a spirit being. Luke says, angel-like sons of God. Angel-like. Greater than the angels because you do have a body. That actually makes you greater than the cherubim and the archangels. You'll judge the archangels. It's true. We're just little children. Well, that's God's great wisdom and compassion, that He would put all of His power, goodness, and majesty, and glory inside jars of clay, because it demonstrates the humility of the Father to the fallen angels who are full of pride. That little children will be used by God the Father to defeat Satan and His angels in the last days. Ones that don't even know that much, they're just in love. They're just intoxicated. They're just full of wisdom. And the wisdom will keep smiting the beasts. David, young shepherd boy, 12 years old, five smooth stones, five-fold ministry, slays Goliath right through his head. Goliath is the same root word as Golgotha. It's the slaying of the brain with the word of God, the smooth stone, the apostolic word, the prophetic word that gels your spirit and slays your giants. Amen. And then David using Goliath's sword with the revelatory word that he could speak prophecy perfectly all the time. You know, he wrote so much scripture. So much scripture. I mean, even operating in the future glory of the new covenant. Psalms 110. You are a priest forever in the Melchizedek order. What? 
That's how powerful it is to begin operating in your eternal spirit and sacrifice your carnal mind and your natural ability to serve God in the river, in spirit and in truth. That's what God has for every single one of you. That's the only way you'll fulfill your eternal destiny. By the prophetic word gelling your inner man to be made more real to your mind than your outer man. And that's the renewing of your mind. The mind controlled by the Spirit of grace is at peace with God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. And the sons of God are those whose minds are fully renewed to the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside their own spirit life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redletterman.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.